Hey, CEOs. Welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and we are here again with another super exciting episode for you to learn how to deal with growth in your business while also maintaining that personal level of happiness that I think a lot of people kind of let get away from them as they are so focused on the growth of their business. So I am here with Angela Henderson today. Angela is an international award business consultant who has helped thousands of women around the world make more money by creating a personalized strategy, but also mastering their mindset so they wake up every day loving their business and life, which honestly, I think that's the goal for all of us. So Angela, I am so excited to have you here today. Hey, hey, my friend, super excited to be here in your energy and yeah, with your audience. So thanks so much for having me. Yes, of course. So I would love for you to start and just give our audience a little bit of background to who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yes. Well, I always like to say I'm a proud Canadian. And I said, and what is there not to be proud of when we've got like Pamela Anderson, coffee, beavers and beer? I mean, life is pretty good when we're back home in Canada. But I actually now have lived in Australia for the last 20 years. And though Canada will always be home, Australia is an equally amazing country with the beautiful oceans, animals that we have. And it's just a really beautiful country. But let's see, where did I start? I'm an ex-mental health clinician of 20 years. So I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety, depression, ADHD, etc. And I'm still very passionate about breaking down the stigma around mental health. I mean, in Australia, eight people take their lives every single day. And I think it's a conversation that is still not talked about enough. So I'm very passionate about mental health. And so but once I had my first baby, I just remember looking on the ground and he had all these toys and I was on leave for my mental health job. And I just looked, everything was electronic. And so I was like, there's got to be something better out there. Now, don't get me wrong. My kids have iPads. We all battery operated things. But I was like, the work was being done by the machines, not my kid stimulating his brain. And so I opened up a toy store called Finley and Me, which we focused on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. We started off with zero products. We ended up with just over 1,400 products. And it was really about nurturing gross motor skills, fine motor skills, sparking imagination, and really creating a bond between child and um, parents. So that was awesome. And obviously, e-com platform. Through that platform, we then generated a second revenue stream, which was I was signed with companies like Netflix, Whole Foods, Hilton's, Club Meds, et cetera, to write for them and for them to use my platform. So it was a really great way for me to understand the importance of diversifying revenue streams. Uh, and then my kids got older and I got sick of going to baby shows and talking about baby toys. I was kind of over it. Uh, so I knew a change had to come and uh, that change around, funny enough, people start picking my brain. I went on about 14 coffee dates and I finally realized that if I charged these people for these coffee dates, I would have a secondary business. And so, yeah, now I've worked with thousands of women around the world to make sure that they've got all the pieces in place to help them hit four and five figure months and on a six and seven figure years without burning out. So, yeah. That's incredible. And I think your, you know, the the story you're telling about how you got to one place and then you're like, actually, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Happens more often than we would like to admit for a lot of people. I mean, especially for people who start their business relatively young or start their business saying, this is what I'm going to do. Your life changes, whether that's having kids, having kids grow up, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. I think a lot of us get to a place where our business no longer serves us in the capacity mm-hmm. it once did. So it sounds like you kind of work with a lot of people like that. So what what do you have to give advice about when you get to a place where your business doesn't 
feel like it's serving you, but it's still your revenue stream. Like it's important to have that. I'll say there's two things there. I think it's important to identify both pivoting in business and pivoting in life. I think often we are so ingrained and consumed by what everyone else is doing that we start to bring on other people's narrative and other people's dialogue, right? Other people's stories. And we just start to settle. So the first thing I say is regardless of its business or life is I would ask those who are listening right now on a scale of one to 10, zero, you are not and 10, you are exceptionally burnt out. Where are you on a burnout scale? And burnout scale needs to be looked at burnout in business, burnout at home, burnout in community. Because if you were to get diagnosed, as I used to do with diagnosing people, your symptoms need to be impacting all three areas of life. And so for adults, it's home, community, and then like business and or your career. And so by asking yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're burnt out as fuck, right? In each of those areas, you're not really probably burnt out. It just simply means you're, it's giving you a clue. You are unaligned. But often people don't, people are looking for, again, like pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical medications are a necessity. 100%. I had anxiety and depression. I used them. But that's not the only thing because we've been told that burnout is we're leading to a mental health diagnosis. Actually, it starts off as stress. It leads to burnout and then it goes to a full-blown diagnosis and it needs to be happening in all three areas of life. But if you start to look at your life right now and you're like, actually, I'm 10 in my home life. I'm an eight in my business and I'm a 10 in my community. You are just unaligned. So what needs to change? I'll give you an example is a lot of people will come to me from a business realm and they're like, I'm a 10 in business, I'm a 10 in business. And what typically we see is they are unaligned with what social media platforms they're showing up on. They were told they needed to be on Reels. They were told that they needed to start a podcast. They were told that they needed to do a YouTube channel. And when I actually start to work with them and ask them some questions, we typically will strip everything back to nothing, let them do nothing for a month. And when I say nothing, we're still using email lists or whatever, but they need to sit in that space, almost like an uncomfortable space and give themselves permission to find themselves again, because all they've been doing is what other people have told them. And therefore, they're not staying true to themselves. And even if they do show up on reels, the energy that's attached with those reels, people understand it. It's actually repelling the people that they need to be repelling. All right. So alignment, it's really important to understand where this is happening. Same thing in your home life. Where in your home life are things unaligned? I was married to my husband for 20 years. Christmas Day back in 2021, I went into him and was like, I looked in the mirror and I said, not another year. I asked him for a divorce, right? So it's yes, but we have these, you know, oh, I've just, I've already been with him for 20 years. Why should I, didn't even get a divorce? What does this mean? But I really want to emphasize that whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Let me repeat that. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So if you continue to keep in that business model, if you continue to keep doing things that are unaligned, you are ultimately choosing. If you choose to stay in a relationship that you're unhappy with, you are still choosing that decision. Nobody is coming to save you. And this is where I get really shitty if you can't hear the passion in my voice is women, because that's who I work with, obviously, are often quite happy to continue to blame others. They don't want to take responsibility. They want, they would rather choose to complain. And in my space, I'm like, that. I don't have space for that because that's energy draining. It's low vibration. It impacts everyone around you. No one's coming to knock on your door and get you out of bed to go to the gym. No one's coming to the door to get you to get your business to wear any suit. You need to take radical responsibility for whatever it is in your life. 
And that starts with understanding where you are in alignment and where you are not in alignment. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, yeah, that may be hard for some people to hear, but that is exactly what people need to hear. You are responsible for the trajectory your life takes. And if you have a wildly successful business, you have the responsibility, but also the privilege to do whatever you want with it. So I think that is so important for people to hear. You have the responsibility for being the CEO and maintaining your personal life. But with that responsibility also comes the privilege of making whatever decision you want. So if you are not making a decision that you want to change something, you're choosing to sit in that. So I love making every decision incredibly intentional instead Mm -hmm. of continuing on to do something. And I, I totally agree as women, it's something that sometimes we get used to. I will never forget at my first job right out of school, I was working in a big four accounting firm, working crazy hours for not enough pay. It was just crazy. And I had been talking to my coworkers. I finally mentioned one of them when I was quitting. I was like, hey, I'm quitting, blah, blah, blah. And the response was, wow, you were upset and you did something about it. I'm really proud of you. And I looked at her and I was like, well, why would I not? Like, why would I not? change something if I didn't love it. But I think that is, it's very much, it's very easy to sit in a place of comfort, I think. And is is that something you kind of find with people we get stuck in a routine of comfort or where do you actually see people find these places of in unalignment? I mean, I think people sit in comfort, but I just also think people are lazy, right? Like it's very easy for us just to keep doing what we're doing. It's very easy for us just to continue to watch what society is doing. So if you think about it, 90 to probably 95% of the world is going to be doing the opposite of what we are doing, right? And then what happens is we get fear of being disliked. We get fear of being judged. We get fear of losing people. Well, here's the reality. The more money you make as a CEO, and I believe it's one of the biggest untalked about conversations in entrepreneurship, is you will actually lose a significant amount of people in your life. Not because of death, but because of choice. Not because you don't love them, but because you have grown both internally and externally that sometimes people will no longer serve you the way that they used to. You're no longer going to settle for people being bringing you down. You're no longer going to settle for those comments of passive-aggressive comments. Because when you start to succeed more and the rest of society stays in their nine to five jobs and is comfortable at just staying at baseline, most people will project what they actually want onto you. And that normally comes in derogatory or negative comments because you're doing exactly what they would love to be doing, but they're not brave enough to do it. So in this space, you're going to have to be prepared that you may have to detach from your mother. You may have to detach from your best friend. You may have to, whatever. You will make new other amazing humans who will come in and will be vibrating at the, at the rate that you need to. But what I'm saying is there's a notion of you will lose yourself and you will lose family and friends at some stage, but you will find yourself again and you will find the right people. Yeah, I think that's such a great point that I've even started going through myself as like, hey, I love you, but you no longer serve me. In fact, you and your opinion sometimes brings me down. and in the kindest way possible, where my energy needs to be right now, running a business and as a CEO, is not on you. And so, and it's it's not like a mean thing, but I think Uh it's just part of 
how our life needs to go and really looking at yourself and making those tough decisions for yourself. You know, you obviously shared, you went through this with your husband saying, I'm not doing this anymore. Can you tell us a little bit about the impact that had on you and your business after that you made that tough choice? Yeah, I mean, the month that my husband moved out was my highest revenue month in my business. Why? Because I was in alignment. There's, yeah. there's no, no other explanation other than the universe knew that you let go of the vibes that was holding you down to make space to receive in other places. Now, was my ex-husband, we still go along relatively well. And then I say relatively, extremely well. He lives 20 seconds from my front door. He, his townhouse is on the other side of the fence. We are still, he came over on Christmas Day this year in his boxer shorts, no t-shirt. It is Australia and a lot of people don't wear t-shirts every day because it's so hot and grabbed a beer from the fridge. Like things are relatively easy, but I also always keep it as that I don't, oh, he didn't have an affair. He, there was no drug or alcohol. There's no domestic violence. And so it was a relatively easy transition because of, I wasn't dealing with other variables that I know other women may. And this goes back to also the importance of building your own wealth, all right? Mm -hmm. Because what I make in an hour is what my husband, what my ex-husband makes in a week, right? And so I have the privilege of being able to have choice. I'm not dependent on people because I have my own wealth. And this is where, again, I believe women need to be really smart about they're they're building their wealth and what does that look like and and when i talk about wealth christy i also just want to talk about the notion here is i'm not just talking about revenue wealth revenue wealth has helped yes but there i look at wealth as in nine different buckets of wealth your spiritual wealth your mental wealth your personal wealth your self wealth and there's these other buckets i won't go into all of them but what i'm saying is is because my spiritual wealth was fine and my mindset wealth was fine and my self wealth was fine Again, I was able to transition relatively easily into, do you know what I mean, single lifehood, right? Because of the fact that I looked at my other wealth buckets. But often women in business are so focused on revenue wealth that the weight gain starts to come, their mindset starts to become wobbly. They, you know, their confidence actually will start to decrease sometimes as they make more money. It's a very interesting correlation, right? Et cetera. So I want women to just not just be looking at revenue wealth, but also looking at holistic wealth is what I call it. And in addition to that, I would want women to be thinking about their wealth buckets. Like where else are you generating money? A lot of times people are running from the next launch to the next launch to the next launch. But if your business is dependent on you, right? Because you're a personal brand, et cetera. You have a high risk that if you were to get hit by the car one day, that your income revenue is going to go down because you can't deliver those services anymore. That's me because I'm a personal brand. But do you have investment properties? Do you have stocks? Do you have your appropriate insurance company or insurance policies in case that you were to get hit by a car? You know, I've got, we've got one in Australia called trauma insurance. Yeah. Trauma insurance. Where like, if I were to have a, like, there's major things like a heart attack, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They would pay me out half a million dollars within 24 hours of me, do you know what I mean, making that claim, right? So therefore, again, my business could still fare, like it could still run. I'm able to access money right away. I'm able to pay my bills, right? So I, again, what's changed because of Dale, if we kind of swing back around is my access is life is better. Life is fuller. Life is sweeter. Yes, there was hard moments, but there's hard moments every single day, right? It's again, it's how you choose to look at those hard moments to get through things. 
And I think that's really, really important that you emphasize it was important for you to have wealth in multiple different buckets to have the capacity to make these decisions. You know, if you weren't feeling good about yourself in one avenue or another, you wouldn't have been able to. Or if you didn't have the financial funds to do so, you wouldn't have been able to. Building up these buckets of wealth gives us the capacity to make decisions and the choices. So I think that's so important that you talk about. When we look at women who are so focused on that actual financial revenue wealth, what things do you find most that are dropping off? Like what buckets tend to not be as full and how do we work on filling those instead? I mean, listen, it varies. There's no definitely one thing or another because it's, again, it's so personalized to the individual, right? And that's, I guess, what I would also say in business is that I believe the results that I get for my clients is because we're looking at it being so personalized. So for some people, it could be weight gain. And for some other people, it could be like confidence. And other people, it could be revenue drops, for example. Like there's no kind of rhyme or reason, I guess you could say. But what what do people... What would I say people need to do to kind of get out of the rut? Is that really what you're wanting to know more of? I just want to make yeah, sure. If we're, yeah, if we're noticing something is really struggling, but we're having trouble. I know for me, it's like, I know I need to go to the gym, but I just booked a new client. I have to do this work. So I'll make this revenue. Okay. Putting revenue ahead of everything. There's only so much time in the day. Like, how yeah. do we, how do we come out, come out of that? Again, typically what I would say is I'll go back to there's three things the subconscious because the subconscious is driving 90 percent of our decisions on any given day but the subconscious is driven by three primary factors the fear of enoughness the fear of belonging and the fear of safety so we will continue to make choices like not go to the gym we'll continue to make choices to continue to take on more clients even though there's no more time whatever because of these three primary factors but the majority of entrepreneurship, especially until you kind of get to the $500,000 mark or whatever, is so what I get needing to focus on generating revenue in order to do to me, keep the business afloat. They quote unquote, won't make time, right, to go and assess these subconscious rooted causes. But I started to look at millionaires, people who are making seven, eight, nine, ten figure businesses. And there was key things that I started to identify that these people were doing. Not necessarily all of them, but a lot did I mean were overlap is they were meditating. They were eating well. They were surrounding themselves with the right people. Sleep was getting prioritized, right? They were doing the inner work. So like hypnotherapy, different spirituality modalities, right? There was common threads that they were reading, for example. They were journaling, for example. There was these common things that started to come up. But also, a lot of them didn't make time for these things at the beginning because, again, they were too worried. And so what I would say to people out there right now is the inner work, if there's any strategy that I could give you, anything, not the next funnel, not the next lead magnet, not the next how to hire the next team or how to outsource X, Y, and Z, my advice would be to go and do the inner work. Because when women start to self-sabotage, what I talk about, do you know what I mean? Your question was around revenue and why are they not doing things, et cetera. It's because their subconscious is rooted in them. And because of that, it's driving whatever decision making. So we'll present like procrastination. We'll present like self-sabotage. It will present for whatever. But until you get to the root of what's actually going on, those subconscious decisions will continue to be made over and over and over and over again. So an example is, 
if you've got an upside down triangle, right? At the very top, what I would see people do, and I've done all these modalities, is one-on-one talking therapy. Go and talk it out. Talk about why you're not in alignment to maybe X, X, Y, and Z. And that will help for some people, but that also means you're probably going to have to go to 100 talking sessions because they're just getting, again, if the triangle's upside down, they're just getting to the surface level of whatever's really going on for you. But if you're like, no, I need to get out of this rut. I need to not take, keep taking on these clients. I need to really focus on my health or whatever. Then kind of get into the next levels when I look at NLP, neurologistics, or when we look at like mindset work, it gets, it scrapes off a little bit more. It gets to the things a little bit quicker. Then you've got hypnotherapy. What happens in one session of hypnotherapy is what would take a hundred sessions in talking therapy. I am obsessed with hypnotherapy. Anybody who knows me is like, that doesn't even see, I'm such a, like a numbers and a logic person. People are like, Chrissy, you believe in hypnotherapy? Absolutely. 100%. It saved my life. Yeah. And what happens in 45 minutes is like I said, takes weeks, months, years in talking therapy, in my opinion. And so I'll give you an example there is with that is I, I went to my hypnotherapist and she said, what do you want to talk about this week? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I said, actually, this client shit me. And I was like, and I know why she was projecting her own thing. And this client said, if I worked one on one with you, I thought yeah, I was going to get all these templates. And I was like, fucking, I'd given you like multiple templates. And I was like, so I was like, I don't know. I was like, I said, I was like, that's her own things. But I was like, for me, I'm still triggered. And I fucking don't know why. So she said, let's count you down. She counts me down. We get to the where I was standing in front of my, in my mom's kitchen 20 years ago. The laptop was open. I could see my name, my brother's name, or my sister's name. So again, this is all fact. This actually did happen, right? They just take you back to wherever this memory was rooted. And I remember I was reading, it said, Angela's a doctor. She's got a GPA of 4.0, blah, 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 blah. The reality was, is everything she had said on that screen was false. None of it was true. So you might be thinking, well, how is that related to the lady who wanted more templates? It's related because it's ingrained in me, rooted in me, and is still making decisions on how I react and not react. Why? Because when I was standing in my mom's kitchen, even though I didn't say it out loud, and even though I had never talked about it for 20-something years, the reality of it is, is I felt I was not enough. If your own mother can't tell the truth about you in an email, there was that notion of enoughness. And remember, I said there's three sub primary subconscious blocks, enoughness, belonging, and safety. So when my client said that to me, underneath in my subconscious was I'm not enough for her, just like I wasn't enough for my mother, just like I'm not enough for my daughter. And then those stories of enoughness start to present, right? There's no way that talking therapy would have gotten me to the root of the problem, which was 20 years ago in my mother's kitchen. There's like, and I'm an ex-mental health clinician with an undergrad and a master's degree, and I used to do this. I actually think in the realm of doing me in social worker and psychology, we are doing a disservice to people, but yet that's where the money is. And I've been there myself, so now that I see it. And then the last triangle is working with healers. Now, again, most people are like, if someone said to me 10 years ago, you're going to work with a healer, I would have laughed in someone's face because I'm very logical. I'm very, tell me what the scientific proof is, right? But over time and after watching what these other seven, eight and nine, 10 figure people were doing, I was like, there's a notion of spirituality that is coming in. There's a notion of surrendering that there's other realms than just what we see in the physical space, right? So again, going to a healer was, was game changer. And so what I'd say to people is, is if you're wanting to significantly make change, if you're wanting to get out of the self-sabotage and the procrastination and all of those things, which is really meaning you need the inner work. 
the inner work is what is necessary because your outside world is a direct reflection of your inside world. Let me repeat that. Your outside world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So your bank account's not reflecting what you want. If your relationships aren't reflecting what you want, if your home life is chaos, if everything is chaos, that means there's chaos inside. You haven't dealt with the inner work and that you might be at a million dollars right now. You might be at $500,000 a year right now, whatever it is. But I'm here to tell you of the thousands of women I work with until they start doing the inner work, eventually, whenever that is needed, right? They will hit a very, they'll just stop. It's like everything stops. Everything feels hard, right? And so the inner work is what will start to shift. And the inner work doesn't ever stop. It's just as much as the next funnel strategy. It's the next, what do I need to be looking at inside strategy? Yeah, that is so important to hear. And even hearing that this is what these big seven, eight, nine, ten figure business owners do. And I think there's this narrative of like, oh, well, you just have to make these decisions and do this. Like it's easy. But when you think about, especially if you are struggling with decisions that are being made subconsciously, mm. we are never going, you are never going to be able to consciously make the decision to say, no, I'm going to get over this. And I'm that way too. I'm like, I, yeah, I wish I could make a decision and be like, let me be more confident about this or let me feel this way. And I think there's, there's this narrative from people that's like, well, if you want it bad enough, like you'll figure out how to do it and go get it. And it's like, well, you can't just teach yourself how to do these things that, like you said, are ingrained in your subconscious. So I think that's so important that you talk about the inner work is not just, oh, get up and do it. It's figuring out where those thoughts and decisions came from so that we can change the root cause of of how those decisions will be made in the future. But 100%. I mean, it's imp- and to me, it's imperative. And so in my programs now, for example, is we do have all of my programs are able to access our mindset coach. So again, that's specifically her zone of genius. They now are able to access hypnotherapy sessions as part of my programs. They're also then obviously able to access me from like this, the strategy side of things, right? And so it's just that it's, to me as a business consultant, it's my responsibility to go and explore all these different modalities, journaling, hypnotherapy, uh, nervous system regulation, et cetera. And then they can pick and choose which ones they need right now. Because this is the thing is someone out there listening might go, oh, I need need to go hypnotherapy. Maybe it depends. Not everyone needs hypnotherapy right now. Maybe you actually do need the next funnel strategy. And once we do get some cash flow in, right, in the next couple of weeks, you have space to then go to do the hypnotherapy. Like there's, there's, remember you're right on time. And I think people are always trying to force from a masculine energy, all the hows and doing like this, but also the importance of doing the inner work is also equally as important as being able to trust and surrender, detaching from the outcomes versus being so focused on the outcomes because what you focus on grows. And again, I get it. We're like, where's my next client coming from? Where's the next dollar coming from? How are we going to scale this? I get it. But if you can detach from outcome, it will work. And I'm not saying manifest because this is where I disagree with manifesting. Oh, I'm just going to do Oh, I have some strong thoughts as well. <laughs> and yay, kumbaya, my fucking Lamborghini is going to fall on my lap. No, I'm not saying detach from outcome and fucking do nothing. I'm saying detach from outcome, be in alignment, do the inner work, still create a plan, and then you still have to take action, right? Like it doesn't just happen. But what I'm saying is, is when you're taking action, detach from the outcome. So if I'm in the middle of a launch and we might have our good, better, and best numbers, I want 50 people in, 100 people in, 150 people in. We still have our numbers. We're still tracking it. 
But I detach and just go, whoever's meant to be in my space will be the right people in my space. The universe is providing me exactly who I need versus oh my goodness, running from scarcity. Where's that next person? Because once you start to do that, what happens is you start to attract people who are reactive because you're becoming reactive and reactive people will ask for refunds because they're being pressured into buying something that they don't actually want. So that's what I mean when I say detach is I'm just like the right people are showing up in my space at the exact right moment. Yeah, I, I love hearing that because I, I as well have strong thoughts on the manifesting. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yes, detach your you know personal wealth or your personal value from the actual outcome, but you still have to work towards mm-hmm. it and push yourself in that direction. So I have absolutely loved that. And Angela, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed everything you had to share today. If our listeners do want to connect with you, work with you, hear more about these awesome programs you've talked about, where can they find you? Yeah, I always say head to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au, or you can head over to Instagram. My handle over there is Angela Henderson Consulting. And yes, or again, when you go to the website, you'll be able to listen to our podcast too. So Whatever you feel you want or however is the best way to connect in an alignment for you, I would, yeah, encourage you to do that and come over and say hi. Yes, that's incredible. And to our listeners, those will all be linked in the show notes as well. So you can just go easily find those. So Angela, thank you so much for being here. I know our listeners have gotten so much out of this and I cannot wait to hear their response. Thanks so much, my friend. You have a beautiful day. You too. All right, CEOs, we will see you next week. Thank you.